Good morning, and welcome, or welcome back to the Death Before Decaf podcast. Now, before I get started, I have a few things that I want to say, so just be patient with me. So first, I realized last week that I said the name of my podcast wrong a few times. I can't believe I didn't catch it whenever I listened to it before I even posted it, but we're going to do better this week and from now on, so I apologize if there was any confusion. And right now is a very scary time for anyone with a uterus. So if you're going to protest, don't forget to cover your tattoos, turn the location off on your phone, don't post photos, and delete your period tracking apps. We need to keep ourselves safe during such a scary time, and we're fighting for our right for healthcare responsibly, is what we're going to do. So my heart is with all of you, and the only choice is pro-choice. Anyway, this week I'm going to be talking about cremation. This is absolutely in my top five ways of how to prepare a body for the family. You get to keep them with you all the time. You can lay them to rest anywhere other than a cemetery. And there's tons of different options for urns and different things to keep your beloved one's ashes in. So before we get started, go ahead and grab your coffee and get your snack. And let's look into the wonderful world of cremation. According to the Cremation Association of North America, cremation could have began in the early Stone Age, so about 3000 BC, and likely to be in Europe and the Near East. Evidence has shown that during the late Stone Age, cremation made its way across northern Europe where they found decorative pottery urns in western Russia. About 2500 to 1000 BC, cremation made its way into the British Isles and to what is known now as Spain and Portugal, and in Hungary, Northern Italy, Northern Europe, and Ireland, cemeteries for cremation became a thing. In 1000 BC, the Mycenaean Age, uh, if I pronounce that wrong, I do apologize, I am not the best when it comes to that, but cremation became a huge part of the elaborate Grecian burial custom. It actually became the dominant method of disposition by the time of Homer, in 800 BC, it was actually encouraged for health reasons and convenience purposes. Then the Romans probably got involved with cremation somewhere around 600 BC, and apparently it was done so frequently that an official decree has to be issued in the mid-5th century against cremating bodies within the city. Maybe it was getting stinky, or if you were getting a hankering for some, some pork rinds put up their neighbors, Steve Rinds barbecue i don't know by the roman empire 27 bc to about 395 a.d it was widely practiced they even started storing these cremated remains in elaborate urns often with columbrium like buildings though the practice of cremation was common among the romans it was rare with the early christians they considered it pagan and in the jewish culture where sepulture Sepulture and tombment was their preference. By 480, due to Constantine's Christianization, earth burial had completely replaced cremation, except in certain circumstances like plague or war, and continued to be this way for the next 1500 years throughout Europe. Now, cremation as we know it actually began a little over a century ago after years of experimentation with the development of a dependable chamber or incinerator, as I prefer to call them. 
When Italy's professor Brunetti finally got his model perfected and displayed his model at the 1873 Vienna Exposition, the cremation movement started almost simultaneously on both sides of the Atlantic. In the British Isles, the movement was fostered by Queen Victoria's surgeon Sir Henry Thompson. Concerned with hazardous health conditions, he and his colleagues founded the Cremation Society of England in 1874. Then, finally, the first crematories in Europe were built in 1878 in Woking, England, and Gotha, Germany. In North America, there have been two recorded instances of cremation before 1800. The real start began in 1876 when Dr. Julius Lemoyne built the first crematory in Washington, Pennsylvania. In 1884, they expanded to a second crematory in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. It was owned and operated by a cremation society. The Protestant clergy also desired to reform burial practices and the medical profession concerned with the health conditions around early cemeteries. Crematories soon started blossoming in Buffalo, New York, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Detroit, and even Los Angeles. So by 1900, there were already 20 crematories in operation. By that time, Dr. Hugo Erickson founded the Cremation Association of America in 1913. There were 52 crematories in North America by that year, where over 10,000 cremations took place. In 1975, the Cremation Association of America's name was changed to the Cremation Association of North America to better represent the membership composition of the U.S. and Canada. At this time, there were over 425 crematories and about 150,000 cremations. In 1999, there were 1,468 crematories and 595,617 cremations, which was a percentage of about 25.39% of all the deaths in the United States. By 2019, there were over 3,000 crematories and over 1,500,000 cremations. This means 54.6% of deaths in the United States went through cremation. It's so interesting how all of this came to be. Have at points it was miraculous, at other times it was almost blasphemy. But here's the real question. How does cremation work? Well, I'm glad you asked because I'm going to tell you. First, they need to prepare the body of the deceased, which usually involves cleaning and dressing. Typically, the body is not embalmed unless requested by the family for a public viewing or for personal reasons. Jewelry or other personal items can be removed for the family to keep unless requested to stay with the deceased. Medical devices and prosthetics that are mechanical or battery-operated are removed to avoid the reaction within the incinerator. Like pacemakers, for example, can explode and cause some serious harm to the equipment and those working within the facility. Then the body is placed in a cardboard box that is strong enough to hold the weight of the deceased, but is combustible enough to burn with them. Then they move the body into the cremation chamber where it is exposed to temperatures of up to 1,800 degrees Fahrenheit, thus leaving behind just the ashes of the deceased. Those handling the remains will give the ashes a cooling period before they're able to be moved on to the next step. Once they're cooled, they're then inspected for any metal remnants such as pins, screws, and joints the deceased had surgically placed during their lifetime. They remove the metal pieces either by hand or with strong magnets, and then they're often sent off for recycling. The cremated remains are then ground down by a special processor 
or as I like to call it the body blender. It kind of looks like a, um, like a cement mixer. Where all the ashes will look like you expect them to. A fine dust instead of chunks of charred remains. Then they transfer the ashes into whatever container the family has requested. Whether that be an urn, jewelry, or just within the bag inside a labeled box for the family to do with as they wish. It takes about two to three hours to process a body with flame-based practices, and up to 16 hours for liquid cremation. Have you ever heard of that one? Well, lucky for you, I'm going to tell you. Liquid cremation uses water, aka alkali, to speed up the decomposition process, and it's a flameless process that consumes very little energy, thus resulting into a sterile solution that can be recycled through the wastewater systems. You can even leave some medical devices in the body without issues. Unfortunately, liquid cremation is illegal in 30 states, so if it's something you're interested in, just know you might have to travel for it. I eventually would like to have my own funeral home. This is a huge goal in my life, um, which is a huge reason why I'm so interested in death and dying and what comes next and afterlife care, which is really what I'm passionate about, is what happens to our physical being after we leave. Um, and liquid cremation is something I'm extremely fascinated with just because it is better energy wise. And I feel like, I feel like it's a less harsh process and seems so much nicer than burning a body. I don't know. That's, that's totally up for discussion. Um, but personally, I would like to have one. Um, I, I actually haven't looked to see if it's legal where I live? I'm gonna do that. Okay, I'm back. I looked it up, and apparently there is nothing, no rules or regulations happening here. So, as far as I'm concerned, I think we're good to go where I'm at. So, uh, but yeah, I think it's really, really cool, and it's something I'm highly interested in, and if you would like me to go more into depth about liquid cremation, I would absolutely love to. Um, and is cremation the way you want your body to be broken down? Or would you prefer burial? There's uh, Viking funerals. The options are almost limitless. I can't believe that even though a ton of bodies are found in the river close to where I live, I cannot request to just be dumped in it when I go. Maybe I just want to feed the bacteria and help the nasty water be even nastier. Of course, I'm kidding, and I'm definitely going to get more into my after-death plan in another episode, um, because this one is unfortunately over. I'm so glad you decided to come hang out with me again this week. Did you miss me? I know I was supposed to have posted on Sunday, and I did not. Um, sometimes life gets in the way, and I have some kiddos, so I'm still learning how to manage my time and fit the podcast into my day-to-day -day life, but I feel like I'm doing okay at this point. Has the topic of death popped up at your dinner table? Um, have you thought more about your own mortality? Well, of course, don't think too hard, because you have quite the ample amount of time left here with us. And I also want to thank you for the positive feedback I have received. This is something I'm extremely passionate about, and I'm so happy that I get to share it with you. So thank you for coming to hang out with me. And don't forget that you can send your request for a future podcast to deathbeforedecafpc at gmail.com. 
I will see you all next week. Bye-bye.